0: Welcome to Fandom Power. What's up, guys? What is happening? That's us. We're back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Together again for the first time. It's our future us's. Oh, no, wait. It's our present (laughs) us's. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah
0: i'm i'm an hour ahead of you guys. you are in the future there is one hour in the future there's there some time violation.
1: tell me man what's it like in the future it's
0: pretty much the same uh only smaller and uh <laughs> it's
1: been raining a lot but. well maybe it's pretty all the same. rain that we had here in ontario over the last couple of days uh um, it's
2: been cold and rainy the last three days
1: we had somewhere in the realm
0: of 50 plus millimeters uh yesterday we which had some probably. weird tropical storm Elsa come through, oh. which was was a lot of rain overnight, but it's beautiful and sunny today. So uh, let it go. I was going to oh, say, did you did let go? it go? Let it go.
1: Let it go. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Everybody is saying that reference to me, and I'm like, I get it because of pop culture, but I'm still like on uh, uh, Last Crusade villainous. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I and was just gonna I say. Thinking, I mean, if oh, you... she's coming through, and she's gonna steal the ark and or the the, yeah. <laughs> the holy grail. We if you had, had gonna, the uh... you were using an old, old reference. It's an
1: older Coza, but it checks out. Uh, Elsa, the storm. I was gonna say, did you get some ice pellets with that too?
0: Or? Yeah, yeah, nothing. It was we did uh, here at uh, one point.
1: Did we? Yeah, over the last couple of days,
0: uh, it cut. It cut weird it. through like I New Brunswick. That. It went on the inside, interesting, just, like making yeah. landfall all the way, but it never got too much gusto, kind of thing.
1: Well, it's good. I'm glad everything is well. I know, uh, having spent uh, some time out there, I know that weather can be very unpredictable <laughs> yeah, yeah, on the yeah. coast, and uh, we're happy that everything is well for you. But let's get to <laughs> this week's episode. And man, if there's one thing that this show does really well, it, at least from my opinion, is it keeps me guessing. <laughs> Last week I said, uh, you know, we're on the road to uh, book a boba fett and today we took a sharp left.
0: <laughs> oh man.
1: I knew I should have made a left turn at Albuquerque. Yeah.
0: Just uh, it's so perfectly in the center of Clone Wars and Rebels. It's, it's so quite like, literally perfectly yeah. in the center. Yeah. That's exactly where we are in the timeline. That's, There's really no that's other really way really to important to the whole story that we've dipped into this. That's right, yeah. But it puts us so close to other things like uh, Sabine and just a Mandalore storyline. It, it puts us very close, right when, in those wheelhouse. When you start seeing these characters
1: revolving around each other and you start weaving those those little threads and you start looking at the connective tissue of who's connected to who. And man, there's a few gaps that are filled in this week. Things that we've never seen that have been alluded to that we're going to we're gonna touch on this and week.
0: It's almost an inverted episode, too, in terms of the narrative, because one of the Easter eggs is that the Bad Batch pops up in this episode.
1: I know. It's weird, eh? Like, you've got an episode of the show, The Bad Batch, which, you know, ostensibly doesn't have the batch in it for more than just a couple of minutes. So that's a different, uh, different approach, isn't it?
0: It's kind of neat, actually. It's just from a different perspective. A could be anywhere in their timeline so far, too. Yeah. In terms yeah. of uh, you know the missions that we've seen them go on, you know, like eleven boxes of uh, uh, Mantel Mix. Mantel Mix. So could be any one of those random missions. Absolutely. I don't think it's over be. either. I think we're going back, to Ryla. Next episode.
1: Uh, absolutely. You know. I I I kind of I finished my notes sort of on that. If this is a if this is a two parter, I have some predictions for the oh, even if it's a multi part. However many episodes that they uh, that they want to put into this one, we know that come the end, which I suspect will be the end of this arc, there's going to be some tragedy.
0: Mm,
2: definitely. There is one way to determine yep, the time yep. scale, though. What's that? And it's Omega. Because she is right. sporting her bandolier. She's got the electro bow. Oh, that's right. And no combling.
1: Right. So we know it's still linear in terms of what we've seen so far. For
2: the Bad Batch themselves. Yeah, for the Bad Batch. But- right, right, right. Right.
1: No, you're absolutely right on that. So this week, as we've sort of alluded to, we get a major Star Wars Rebels uh, connection. We get a little nod, a little subtle nod to the construction of the Death Star. And uh, we get some more insight into just how cold, calculating, and ruthless the Empire really can be. This week's episode, it's called uh, Devil's Deal. It's episode number 11 Debuted Friday, July 9th, 2021, has a runtime of uh, 24 minutes, 53 seconds, without the credits. Or a whopping 28 minutes, if you want to sit through the multilingual Mm. versions thereof. I like that number. I I know, the last couple have been 28. This one's uh, written by Tamara Betcher-Wilkinson, and directed by our good old pal, Stuart Lee. This week's synopsis reads, As the seeds of rebellion foment on an Outer Rim world. The Empire schemes to squash it. Man, we're going back to Ryloth this week. Crazy. We haven't been there for a while. I mean, technically, I guess we have. We actually spent quite a bit of time on Ryloth throughout the Clone Wars because there was a major campaign there. That's right. On the planet Ryloth, a large group of citizens has gathered outside of a government building. Citizens uh, can be overheard criticizing Senator free if you don't remember uh, Orn Free Taw, he was the senator for uh, Ryloth. He was introduced
2: all the way back in The Phantom Menace. A competitor to the other Twi'leks that we see here. You can see that he's, you know, relishing in that uh, lavish lifestyle.
1: Big time, big time. This is uh, interesting enough that the. So Twi'leks have been around since original original trilogy. Yeah, Jedi at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jedi. So The Phantom Menace introduces another. I guess a I don't want to, a sub race or a or another uh, race of of Twileks. So if you notice, like the the two the the twin leku headed Twileks, they tend to they they all have five fingers and two head tails, Whereas like guys like Freeta, and I can't remember. Do you remember the name the sub the sub race name, Hank? I don't,
0: I don't. I don't remember, but it's 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 super rare. It's not like yeah know, yeah. it's, it's just like a it's almost like a genetic. And they something. they are yeah. uh,
1: three fingered, four headtails. So right. you, like like you see with Orn Freetal, you get the big two in the front, and then he's got two more in the back.
0: Hmm. Right, right. And they're super. Apparently, they're like super sexual and highly sensitive to the top, yeah, yeah,
1: of that nature. Yeah, the the rear ones, the new ones. So if you're just new, uh, if you're new to Star Wars, it, it's important to note that um, this senator. First introduced in the Phantom Menace back in 1998, was a senator for Ryloth during the final years of the Republic. He was a corrupt senator, more interested in amassing uh, personal wealth, and uh, because of that, it, and it wasn't really hidden very well. The, the people were—they knew he was corrupt, and so no surprise that he was uh, hugely unpopular and had a few political rivals.
0: Yeah, no, Cham Sandula certainly. Yeah, right. Uh. For the Clone um,
1: Wars, I don't know if you guys picked this up as it, uh, Clone Wars, and now again in this episode is voiced by Phil Lamarr. Mm. And uh, Phil Lamarr, uh, for all you animation fans out there, that was our John Stewart Green Lantern in Justice League. And oh, that's
2: right. Justice League Unlimited, yeah. Also did a stint on Mad TV. Yeah, that's right. And he's the dude that cowers in Pulp Fiction. Is he? Yes. I know in that front he's front of, got a... front uh, of okay. Travolta and... Uh, right. He's got a lot more.
1: I didn't... I should have looked up his IMDb because I know he's got a pretty long... He's done a lot. Yeah, he's got a long, long film history. And TV. All right. The building is guarded by Imperial troops and among them is Crosshair. Crosshair scans the crowd, reporting that the Clone War freedom fighter Gobi Glee and some of his fighters are among the gathering. Gobi Glee... Now, this is a shot of Gobi from uh, the Clone Wars. So his, his animation model has evolved slightly since then. But Certainly. he's a uh, contemporary of uh, Cham Syndulla, who was a major uh, leader of the, the, the Free Ryloth Movement, uh, the Freedom Fighters. So I guess he's like a lieutenant. Part of the Twi'lek resistance that uh, opposed the Separatists under the leadership of Cham Syndulla. Cham Syndulla, of course, is the father of Hera Syndulla, leader of the Spectres, and pilot of the Ghost in Star Wars Rebels. Later on, during the reign of the Galactic Empire, Gobi would continue to serve under Cham as part of the Free Roloth Movement, which pretty much went on for the entirety of the Galactic Civil War. So, cool to see, like, the knowing the history of these two characters, and then to see sort of the the next evolution across this episode, because there is a ton of exposition in this episode.
0: Oh, it's crazy,
1: actually. From a balcony high above the crowd, Admiral Rampart gazes at the crowd. A small group consisting of Senator Ornfrita, General Chamsendula, his wife Eleni, and a new character that we've not seen before, Clone Captain Hauser, our look on. Mm-hmm. There's a shot of everybody in the room there at Rampart at the front of the room, kind of talking to everybody.
0: It's the first time we've named Hera's mom.
1: Uh, That's first right. first time
0: we've seen her, other than that mosaic, mosaic painting yeah. from Rebels. And uh, Hauser's got a little weird thing going on because he was actually leaked in an action figure, yeah, Star that's Wars right. vintage collection, and he was uh, called uh, Clone Commander, uh, sorry, Clone Captain Ballast. 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 Ballast, yeah, Ballast. So perhaps he has two names. Interesting Ballast
1: to see Ballast. that a a character that now, so here's here's the thing: which came first, the chicken or the egg? Which came
0: first, yeah. the action figure or the character model? He was just released, like, yeah. just released in a four-pack with uh, an elite squad trooper, Rex right. in a cloak. Oh. <laughs> and um, I can't remember the, uh, the, the, the fourth clone. So trooper, there's but.
1: there's a bit of a retconning there, then at least where his name is concerned, I guess. Impossible,
0: yeah. You know how they way. use those weird names like Apache? And, oh, yeah, and place these
1: placeholder names. Perhaps they just got,
0: it was like a the placeholder got used You know in, of the uh, actual uh, name. Or,
1: the or, when Hasbro launched the new... G.I. Joe classified line, the first wave of characters were all codenamed uh, after insects.
0: Right. Yeah. So weird That's kind like of it. stuff, right? Ballast. Yeah. And certainly he doesn't act like other clones. He seems to have more individuality, more like Rex. No. I, I, yeah. Um, he's got an interesting... Uh, I don't want to call it an arc. I
1: mean, he does have an arc, and I don't think we've seen sort of the the... The end game for him, I think that's going to play out a little bit longer. He certainly has a role right. to play after this episode, but mm-hmm.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. you know that whole thing I've about uh, that much individuality from a clone. Like he's like ostensibly, besides the, the the main cast of the Bad Batch, he's the only other clone we've seen remove his helmet. That's true, so, uh, Rex notwithstanding. But he has right a. Up, so. And we decided early on that was a that was a new th- like these clones are always wearing their helmets that's to true. differentiate yeah. them as yeah, stormtroopers yeah. compared to clone troopers
1: before. He certainly has a a connection to uh, Cham on some level, and I'm not sure if this is a—I kind of hypothesize this, and we'll we'll get to it a little bit later on, but uh, keep in mind, like, is he potentially one of those clones that Rex referenced, you know, like when he said that not many clones were immune to Order 66? It's
2: quite possible.
1: Right. Yeah. Because it comes up Mm -hmm. a few
2: times this episode.
1: Yeah, like just the way that the way that he interacts with Cham, the way that he interacts with with
0: Hera, so like with children
2: and hesitancy right. on I his the impression part. impression. Right. He
0: served with Cham or under I, Cham for yeah. the entire length of the during war. the campaign. He, yeah, he, yeah. He's he's got that Rex kind of day one. Uh, he really, swagger, yeah he well, really does. You know I mean? Like yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah, and he's and he's got a cool scar. <laughs>
0: cool scar. <laughs> we're getting into a cool scar coming up,
1: too. That's true. So yeah, he's a new character and as you said, uh Eleni, uh Eleni Sindula, Hera's mom. Here's the tragedy, right? Spoiler guys, if you have if you haven't seen Star <laughs> Wars Rebels, she's not going to make it. I'm no. sorry,
0: it's just the way it is. No. And that's what I've heard some people talking already online about how they didn't like this episode because it was all blah blah blah, blah. and it's what? Come it's on. because it, it it really actually needs... You need to be reminded yeah. of the tragedy of the Clone Wars and the yeah. weight that comes with these characters Absolutely. because of what's about to happen next episode. It needs to it needs to be reminded, for those of us that are super familiar, well, but yeah. it needs to be for the new fans to know what, what's about to happen and the weight that it has. You need to establish something with these characters. For everything
1: that, you know, was wrong between Hera and Cham in Star Wars Rebels, and they did not... I mean, it's... We don't even see Hera or Eleni in the Clone Wars because they were underground, like quite literally underground during the campaign. By the time, you know, we get to Rebels and Hera is, is one of our main protagonists and now they try to tie her back to Ryloth, she and her father, they are not, they're apart. Yes. Well, isn't it contrasted by what we see in this episode where, you know, you take a little bit of her mom, you take a little bit of her dad, and you kind of put it in the middle, and she's kind of the best of both of them. But right. the loss of a parent, and, and I mean, it's no stretch of the imagination that whatever happens to Eleni, you know that Hera's going to blame her father for it, and that's this why. Is, exactly. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's not even, the writing is on the wall. You know? But it's, that being said, the writing in this episode is, it's spectacular three yeah and like yeah. you
2: had speculated there hank last week about worlds that had already been on the side of the republic how they would react after the switch to empire that's right and and I mean, it's, it's virtually laid identical. out for you right here
0: yeah yeah it's, it, they showed the two sides of that coin like yeah. from the ord mantel and and this and they're identical the two sides it's a double-headed coin i actually thought they're, about that you
1: know. yesterday too and i'm like oh Two episodes in a row where the the crux of the thing is, you know, two senators. I thought, is the, is this a choice, a conscious decision to bef- episode placement? Like last week's episode could have been kind of flipped around. I think, you know, you know, Clone Wars kind of went out of order.
0: I kind of yeah. wonder that this was a deliberate. We're going to show this one first, then this one. It really does make sense. There's a lot of rhyming stands in yeah, terms of yeah. how the, you know. These people just have a more organized rebellion, and they're they're coming from, you know, uh, an insurrection. They're, they're you know they're ready and and willing to participate, and then yeah, you see yeah. their skill level at that, uh, and the, and the the true the actual birth of the Rebel Alliance right here, the actual birth of the Rebel Alliance right here. We thought we saw well, and I shouldn't
1: say we thought we saw some of it in Rebels as they were starting to you know they were starting to uh, solidify going from independent cells to like a cohesive organized movement.
0: Yeah. To use a Loki analogy, the moment that, that Hera and Chopper take off in that spacecraft, that's the moment that we branch off into the rebellion. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's the moment like Hera is. So it's, it's because she doesn't appear in the movies. uh, It's, it's just how understated, how involved she is at high command. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) Paging General Sandula. Yeah. Right in Rogue One, you know, and then, um, having in in the uh the squadron's game she's instrument. she is at the highest level of Rebel that's right man. we know that she um, is right there with Leia, so. instrumental on multiple levels see her uh, developed like this is is i'm i'm over the moon rampart
1: he goes on to discuss with the senator how despite the countless number of jobs that have been provided through a brand new shiny brand new imperial refinery the people still seem troubled by their presence. The Senator reassures Rampart that this partnership is most welcome with both Cham and Elaney agreeing with that. So yeah, as the group moves toward the balcony, Cham pauses to reflect for a moment. When Captain Hauser asks him if he's okay, Cham tells him that he should be content that the war is over, adding that change is difficult and he hopes that the people will embrace this new peace. Captain Hauser reassures him that uh, Ryloth is safe and I think there's a line. He's like, this is what you fought for, General. Yep. hmm yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. From the balcony, Senator Frita addresses the people, praising the new refinery, stating that it will bring stability and growth. He then goes on to encourage the people to step down from their military posts and enjoy their hard-fought freedom. In a bid to sway public opinion... Freetag goes on to explain, with order now restored to the galaxy, the Empire has offered their valiant clone army to protect and defend Ryloth. But, spurred on by some of the former freedom fighters in the crowd, the people are less than receptive to the idea as they begin to chant, We want Syndulla!
0: And so, Syndulla,
1: you shall have.
0: Yeah, and it really, you see here that he's uh, more than just a, you know the insurrection leader or the... the Military leader, he's he's a viable political rival, or yeah. I
1: you know. was just going to say that. I mean, it's not it's not hard to imagine that you know, in a, in a different world, if things had gone slightly different, he would have been the legitimate elected official, right. for, yeah, right. the senator for so, Riloff,
0: right.
2: All right. And to contrast the previous episode, like yeah. there's no gun in his back to go up and do this. No, that's he believes true. Yeah. This yeah. is the right yeah. choice right. to make. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, that's right. I guess when you're As a grizzled, I mean, you go from being a legitimate, you know, general warfighter to now you're a guerrilla and you've, you've been doing, you've been fighting a guerrilla war for three years. You get tired and you get worn out and yeah, like he just, he wants the peace so bad that maybe he's a little bit, you know, blind to the cost. Yeah. Yeah. That here it is. This is our best chance. I've got to believe in it because I don't see another way.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, certainly, I don't know where I was going. Actually, I got lost there. <laughs> C- certainly, he's 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 definitely tired of the, and he he tries to protect uh, Hera. There's that little speech that he gives her about. That's right. It? This is not the life that I. You don't know that the toll that that battle takes, that fighting takes a toll. Right. And he's trying to protect her from that. absolutely. So, with the Senator's
1: failed speech, it now falls to Cham to try and allay the public fear. So, stepping up to the railing, he reminds the people that at the beginning of the Clone Wars, they were alone until the Republic and the Clone Army came. Captain Hauser steps up beside Cham as he continues, reminding the people that the clones fought with them, but more importantly, for them. That without the clones, they wouldn't be there at all. He adds that he trusts them now, just as he always has. And he finishes his speech by encouraging the people to lay down their weapons and focus on the future. All
2: right. I get the impression when he says, we owe them our respect and our trust. Yep. He's talking directly about Hauser.
1: I think so. Like, I
2: mean, uh, it, there, it, a general for the entire force, but specifically Hauser has helped him.
1: I think so. Again, that speaks to that, you know, have they fought? Side share, by side. Yeah. Shared hardships, right?
2: Yeah,
0: certainly, certainly. And, even, I mean, even if his chip is functioning normally, his, uh you know, the, the, the memory or the loyalty to a former leader yep. uh, not being exposed, you know, a- exposed. Right, world, right, or, right. Or, but by that character being a Jedi. So he could still maintain that. Sure like, he could, yeah, yeah. Personal loyalty, whereas the chip would have erased that. Exactly, like, yeah. A Jedi or a, a betraying clone. He's just, he's going through the motions. I kind right, of figure right. that about. Crosshair too but we'll get there shortly. All right. Well, as the crowd
1: cheers a grizzled and stern Gobi glee along with his fighters move off through the crowd unaware that Crosshair has been observing them the whole time back on the balcony a melancholy Cham stares at the crowd looking like he's just lost a best friend. At the same time Admiral Rampart remarks to Eleni about what a shame it is that her daughter Hera couldn't be there to share the moment. But she deflects the statement by saying that her daughter has other interests. And as Admiral Rampart leaves the balcony, Eleni furrows her brow and watches him walk away.
2: The way they're playing Rampart, I just want to slap yeah. him. It's like, why? You know, no qualms about it. That's your villain. You can see <laughs> yeah. it. You can hear it in his tones. There's something behind it. He's putting on a face for you. He's
0: smarmy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely that. He's smarmy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Smile and swear at you. That's kind of smart.
2: (laughs) Just want to smack him.
1: So from here, from the, uh, I don't know, the Senate building or whatever it is at the the city, we uh, change gears here for a second, and we we go off and we get our first look at this new Imperial uh, refinery. So meanwhile, from a nearby hilltop, a Twi'lek girl and her droid companion observe the Imperial refinery.
0: Ah.
1: And look. It's Hera and Chopper, and they're looking for suspicious activity. Spotting nothing out of the ordinary, Chopper suggests that they leave, but Hera tells them they can't because her uncle Gobi told them to stay and gather intelligence. So, with nothing to report on, Hera sits down and turns her attention skyward. We start to hear Hera's theme music, and uh, she gets lost in the clouds as she watches a flock of birds pass overhead. Cool little thing here with uh, Hera's theme music. It's an awful lot like Leia's theme. Leia, yeah. yeah. It's very yeah. similar, yeah. Talk about uh, Chopper here for a second because I know it comes up a few times over the episode. So now, headcanon or not, we can fully debunk any, any doubts we had about Cheap in the Clone Wars. Yes. Cheap just
0: died. <laughs> There's no yes. way Cheap made it from that what? Star Destroyer to here. <laughs> no, no that's, and that's fair. And that's fair. There is a crashed Y-Wing. Mm-hmm. In in the, uh, at, the, the, the at the, at the house at the estate, yeah, yeah, and that and that is where Hera does later explain that's where she found Chopper. That is true. So right, the pilot was dead, and she found. So that's that happened within the last three years. We're only a couple, maybe a month or two after the end of the Clone Wars. That's, so that's true. Some, at some point in the last three years, she that Chopper relationship is you know. Been, it's that's that makes me so happy she's had that droid since she was like five years old that's, that's right, a yeah. crazy cool relationship you get to see why he's so crazy protective of her oh yeah he's almost you know and he's gone through a lot he's he's a different droid here he's tamer he wants to obey the rules yeah he, he's you know, a little he's more like, uh he's yeah. not every you know back talking her he's he's yeah. still a child with her that's right they're yeah. gonna grow up together and that's amazing for me i i put uh where is it? I had everybody lined up here. So oh, did you? Oh, them up a nice. Sh- moved them up a slot. Rebels. I like my the... my favorite uh... property, and I'm so glad that this is... Like, I feel so strongly that we're dead center of between the, the storyline of the Clone Wars and the storyline of the Rebels, especially when you consider that we got to see a separatist planet under the Empire's rule, and then yeah. you, it's almost like half... Exactly halfway through the book, so those two pages are a mirror. Now you see that the actual... Uh, republic's version of that and it's it's that moment that we split the just that moment right between them it's super important i think that we're here with these characters what i liked about uh the introduction of chopper
1: i liked it and at the same time i didn't like it is that and we've talked about this before where you know from a production standpoint the reuse of the chopper animation model you know as he appeared in rebels is is a cost saving measure. But is there a story beat here? Because he looks identical to how he does in rebel. So like the mismatched
0: legs and like, that doesn't change from now until the right. end of time. So, right. And I think that, you know, in, in a, in a crashed Y wing that killed the pilot, she probably yeah. had to rebuild him. I know? think so too. Or somebody, you know, I, yeah, it it makes me so happy that that re- relationship goes back that far. Yeah, it's, and it makes, it just makes that, you know, you want to watch Rebels again. And yeah, I, I did, actually yeah. did watch uh, cuz Lauren had referenced the line where Hera is explaining to Kane and why he should trust Rex. So I yeah. had to watch that episode again to catch the line. It was it was sort of a paraphrase. It wasn't quite what we thought it was, but where she says a group of a group of clones helped me escape Ryloth. That's what we thought the line was. It turns out it was just uh, you know, the clones helped us during the war. So yeah, yeah, more specific, but we're, but it's not, but I did watch a few episodes of rebels with Hera and the clones just to get, you know, some, yeah, it's great stuff. Great stuff.
2: And we were treated to another vision. We got chopper vision really briefly of (laughs) when he's spying there. Oh,
1: that's right. Through his, uh, the, the, the periscope thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The orbesh there really, uh, Mm. basic this week. Uh, Says scanning and across the bottom and the top it says wolf 314-2090-CBE uh-huh. 205, 002. Interesting. So
1: hmm. Wolf. And then hmm. yeah, so then the first thing I think of is like when you say wolf, how's it spelled? Yeah, no E. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> okay. Trapper Wolf? Yeah. Commander Wolf. There's yeah. another one. Yeah. Two different spellings too? Yeah. So the moment is interrupted as a pair of uh, shadows loom overhead and Hera looks up to see a pair of clone troopers have now found them. Meanwhile, at the uh, Sindula homestead, the Sindula estate, I'm not sure what to call that. It's this yeah, built into the rock under the supervision of Cham, uh Cham Sindula. The Twi'leks are now surrendering their weapons as Glee and Eleni watch from a nearby balcony had a look at this, uh, The my first impression, and it was just, because I hadn't gone back and revisited this in a while, was, my God, does it remind me of the, the frontier town in the Mandalorian where Din finds the child? But it's not. I yeah. went. I went back and I re-looked at it, and I'm like, no, that can't be, right? And no, it's not the same, but similar uh Kind of gives aesthetic. you
2: a similar vibe as uh, Woody Harrelson's compound in War for the Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah, I guess it does, doesn't little it? A little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Alright, Gobi says to Eleni that uh, clones should not be the ones defending Ryloth, and he questions how Cham can support it. I had a question for you guys. Hera's already referred to uh, Gobi as Uncle Gobi. Are they brother and sister, or is it just he's just such a close friend that it's, it's your Uncle Gobi?
0: It's probably the second, yeah, I think it's think the so? latter. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know, Would they, because... They never reference a, a relationship. It's only her that calls him Uncle Gobi. They That's don't, right. you know, yeah. don't go listen to your uncle or your uncle said this or you know. They don't reference it like that with him. So I, I think it's probably like a colloquial. There is a there is a one reference from Jam when
1: when Hera is like angry and she's like, if it's you know time to fight, I'm capable as anybody else, and Uncle Gobi thinks that way, and and I think Jam says something like, I know what your uncle thinks.
0: Or I oh, know well, I know well, what I know what he thinks. Yeah. Well, that's possible. He doesn't do that's anything possible.
1: to dissuade. He say, like, "Well, he's not really your uncle. He's just you know a long-term family friend." But how do you how do you weave that into the conversation anyway? Well, yeah,
0: and make it organic. Yeah. Especially in the the time when you have to say so much. That's and right. Yeah. So yeah. Little time yeah. to say it all. There's a couple of glances between them that could indicate that. And also, she seems more in line with you know. With, there's a line where she says, "After hair caught." Come and tell me everything. And yeah, don't and leave nothing details. out. Like, right. right. So, so she's like, you know, she's also wants the, the information for this, you know, so her, she has an agenda as well. So she's the, she's know.
1: clearly been doing it because she says, uh, she says, I have my ways too. That's right. She's, so she's, she's still a freedom fighter. Right. right. So right. She's, she's got, she right. has an agenda. And so maybe, maybe there's that, you know, she's married to Cham. So, I mean, there's the, the, the relationship dynamic that, that a husband and wife have. But there is that relationship that siblings also have where like listen I know he's your husband but I'm your brother and I'm sticking my neck out and I need you to do these things where maybe yeah, yeah. they maybe they are related and that's why she's more inclined to do things behind the scenes that even Sham doesn't really know yeah. exactly what she's you know. doing. Yeah.
0: All right. Certainly she's got to be up to something to get herself uh you know next episoded.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eleni knows, just like Cham, that the people are tired uh, of fighting and they can't keep going the way that they always have. But Gobi disagrees with her, stating that by laying down their weapons, they're left defenseless. And he can't accept that, adding that he's already reached out to a contact to acquire more. Just then, Captain Hauser and a squad of clones arrive, escorting Hera and Chopper. The clone captain excuses himself and explains that uh, Hera and Chopper were picked up in a restricted zone. Cham gazes sternly at Hera, and she balks that they were just exploring. Moving off to the side, Hauser sympathetically tells Cham that the situation puts him in a tough spot. The situation on Ryloth is tense, but he won't report what happened, as long as it doesn't happen again, and Cham reassures him that it won't. So... That mm. dynamic is coming up again. What do we think of
0: uh, Hauser at this point? Yeah, helmet off again. It's, yeah. it's, it's super important to remind that. Keep harping on that. He's torn. Like so, he's he's going beyond his programming, like Rex or like like Echo. He's um, uh, so like. Let's talk about Echo for a second. So the contrast.
1: Remember last week? And I mean, there was an evolution for Echo, but like how how like black and white Echo has has been in previous episodes, and
0: how like no, by true. the book hauser's not a by-the-book guy either no no uh no certainly he, he and he reminds me of the gen one kind of clone uh, yeah like rex yeah, yeah, but at the same time i think um, he, he's definitely expressing more individuality uh it could be chip related uh like rex's literal statement that you know some some guys just had an accelerated ability to or they didn't function properly or whatever the yeah, case yeah. was some people were were not affected and uh so, I mean, I think he'll be, you know, if, if next episode we come head to head with the empire, I think he'll, you know, he'll choose to protect the Sindula family. I, 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 firmly believe that.
1: I think or, so too. Yeah.
0: You know, try to help them break out. I think his, his alliances are more personal yep. than they are, you know, they don't fo- His, his evolvedness as a clone, if you will, yep. the right word. Evolution. Uh, his, <laughs> yeah. His evolution as a clone, as a, as a person. Yeah. It falls more in line with, with. The syndula family, then, with the Empire's agenda. Right, you know, right, I right. You'll, we may see those clones pop up. It's interesting. It's very interesting.
2: And if he does take that route, that's going to put him at odds real fast with Crosshair.
0: Oh, yeah,
1: big
2: time. So yeah, his yeah. outlook is not so good if he goes that road.
1: Let's just back this up here for a second. Here, let's go back to uh, this image. Are we looking at a shoot it at the OK Corral?
2: A last stand, maybe. Shoot
1: it at the Sindula Ranch here. Like, is that what we're talking about?
0: Maybe it could be. It's really open. It's yeah, a yeah, yeah. Cover from space. It's good cover if there's a bunch of guys on in wheelchairs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so as the clones depart, Cham grasps Hera by the shoulders and demands to know what she was doing in a restricted zone. But before she can answer. Gobi, who has just walked up with Eleni, says that he sent her. Eleni orders Hera and Chopper to go inside the house. And as mother and daughter walk together, Eleni chastises Hera, telling her she knew the refinery was off limits. But mm-hmm. Hera, Hera <laughs> kind of confused, looks back at her mother and says, I never said we were at the refinery. that's
0: the moment I was... Yeah, 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 yeah. And Eleni-, um.
1: Eleni calmly says, I have my ways to adding.
0: Now tell me what you saw. Leave nothing out. Right. So I, you know, she's she's certainly been talking to uh, him outside the confines of Cham and her relationship, ostensibly. Oh, um, big time. I is better at playing the the poker card there. You know, good cop, bad cop. Possibly. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Uh, she. You know, and her agenda is probably going to get her in trouble. Right.
1: And I mean, uh, you know, being torn. Already being torn, I don't want to say you know that you know parents have a, have a favorite or or maybe kids have a favorite parent, but you know like to to have a to have her between the two of them and and you know the difference in parenting styles between mom and dad. Mm-hmm. If you're really close, you know if you're close to your mom and something happens to her, and you know your dad was the you know the typical you know the disciplinarian and all those other, those traditional gender sure. roles for a, a male role model. I can see how that would kind of put you at odds.
0: There's all kinds of room around a trauma to misinterpret events too. Yeah. Right? Like, be done, you know, yeah. In, a, in a combat situation where someone yeah. gets killed and you don't know exactly how, especially right. when there's a guy like Crosshair around that can do it from, you know, 3, yes, several meters.
1: thousand meters away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, an outraged Cham scolds Gobi, asking him, Do you know what would happen if my daughter was caught spying on an Imperial facility? But Gobi asks, Why would it be spying? What don't they want us to see? And Cham responds that it's a delicate situation, but he won't have his daughter in the middle of it. But Gobi stands by his convictions, reminding Cham that the clones were supposed to leave when the war was over, and he can't sit by while more arrive every day. Cham tells his old friend, we were supposed to disband when the time came. What was the point of fighting if we cannot accept peace? And as the conversation winds down, it's Gobi who has the last word telling Cham that the Empire is up to something. You just don't want to see it. So we shift from the uh, Sendula estate back into the city. We cut back to Senator Frita's office. And uh, we see... Admiral Rampart and Crosshair are discussing the usefulness of Cham and The senator feels threatened by Chams' influence, and Crosshair points out that it's Gobi Glee he should really be worried about. But the senator, <laughs> they might be. The senator dis- dismisses the warning, telling Crosshair that Glee is one of Sindula's lieutenants, and his fighters will always be loyal to him, and they all need to be dealt with. Rampart mm-hmm. tells him. We each have our parts to play. Be sure to see this through. And then he and Crosshair leave the room. There's our first indication that uh, they're plotting something. I mean, Gobi Gobi knows that the Empire is up to something. And, I mean, it's the Empire, so we as the viewers obviously think that something's going on. But this is our first, like, here's our first,
0: like, oh, yeah, they really are planning something. Is this the scene with Crosshair with his helmet off? Yes, it is. You get a shot of that? I did not. Okay. Should I? Have? Uh, I'd like to
1: talk about it. I'd like to talk
2: about
0: his scar placement. Did it move? Well, <laughs> or expand? No. no like, the, so he was injured in that by the thrust. Oh, by the yeah, by the eye on the engine. So, I mean, he had, a, he had a patch over one eye, and his whole head was wrapped. But now he's he's healed from that. His hair is gone, right? But he has a crazy red, horrible scar right where his inhibitor chip would be. Oh, interesting. Did you see that, fellas? I missed that. So it's huge. That's huge. It's subtle. Boom, yeah, but that's yeah. huge because now is he Well, now just going through the motions now? Is that chip damaged? But he has no reason to act on that damage yet. He hasn't come face-to-face with his people that might be able to pull him out of that. You know, conversely, like, you know, back to Very what- interesting that that's... The it looks like plastic surgery, all red burn mark. go yeah. back and check it out. I wow. definitely
1: will because if we're <laughs> hypothesizing that his chip has been damaged, then I go back to what I've said all along that he is a willing participant and he's not coming back.
0: And the, and, and that's that I think is like the sort of like wrecker hit in his head and letting him under yeah. a couple of. Yeah, so yeah, I think this is the first indication of that. Maybe, yeah,
1: but it's. I think it's huge. Yeah, yeah. We'll pop well, it up on the. It's definitely subtle because he certainly doesn't—he doesn't question anything. He's—he's he's certainly as cold and
0: and ruthless as he's always been. Yeah, you almost forget that he was wrapped up like a mummy That's there right. yeah, like yeah. Dengar two yeah. episodes ago, and he's yeah. perfectly fine except for the loss of hair and this new crazy scar right where the inhibitor chip is. Right right. behind the ear, every and I thought he got flashed on the side of the face.
1: I thought so too because the be way he kind of he kind of cowered behind that that piece of metal, right? right? Yeah, right, right very interesting to me. Okay. We'll be sure to put that up on our
2: uh, socials this week and, and uh, have a little discussion about that. And that's another point to establish the timeline of where we are here.
0: Yeah. How yeah, far yeah. from injury good, yeah, are Yeah, good we? point. We're right. Yeah, we are still uh, linear and moving forward. Yeah, you're right. That right. I point.
2: mean, and, and
1: back to it does wonders, right? <laughs> True. When you can <laughs> stick a guy in a, in a bath.
0: Yeah. It might be neat. I'm going to propose now that we see the inverse of this episode, next episode, from the Bad Batch's perspective.
1: I'd like that. I'd like to see, you know, the the you know how do they reconcile with being uh, arms dealers? Because, <laughs> you
0: know, that whole like, they already said, we're not that. Right. Yeah.
1: We're soldiers. We're not. Uh...
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there's got to be some internals going on there. Right? I think so. Certainly, if we are linear. Yeah. Right? Omega won that card game. Cause she's oh, she totally an did. She them. totally <laughs> did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: She won that game. The jerk. Funny that, uh, you know, and I know it served the story for her to sit at the doorway and not get off the ship, but, uh, you know, that whole, is she going to be the Overwatch person? <laughs> she stayed on the ship. It's <laughs> pretty cool, man. Back at the uh, Sindula estate, Cham finds Hera moping out on the balcony. As he steps up beside her, she's staring wistfully at the sky, and Cham asks her, do you still dream of flying? And she tells him all the time, so she can go far away from here. Cham tries to explain that his dream was for a free Ryloth, for the people to live free and in peace, adding that we have that now, but Hera rebukes him, saying the people don't seem very happy. Cham says that just like Hera, all of their lives have been filled with war for far too long, but they're coming through it. But Hera refutes that notion, stating that her uncle Gobi doesn't think so. He thinks that things are getting worse. Cham goes on to explain that he and Gobi do want the same thing, but that each man's approach is different. Hera, becoming more animated, tells her father that if the people need to fight, she's as capable as anyone, adding that her uncle Gobi trusts her to do her part, so why can't he? Seeing his own fiery spirit within his daughter, Cham kneels down to face Hera eye to eye, and like any parent, he wants more for his daughter and he tells her that fighting takes a toll on people his hope is that she won't ever have to live a life like his and reluctantly she takes it all in as cham gets up to go hera lets out a heavy sigh so there is a bit of a contrast between you know getting scolded by mom and and by the way tell me everything you know to this
2: mm-hmm.
1: tender moment
0: you know with dad Another family she's moment. She's still too young to really rebel, right? Like that's yeah. still a couple of yeah, years yeah. away. You
1: know? you know those early, you know, I don't want to say tantrums, but like when you're young, that, that whole like when you're a kid and you're trying to lash out at your parents and you're you're young, what's a common one for kids? I'm going to run away. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's sort of in that same kind of tone. Like my uncle thinks I'm good enough. Why don't you? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's different because <laughs> yeah. he's your uncle and not your father. That's why. This, yeah, this is it, yeah. Which comes up later on, and I, I really picked up on that, but we'll we'll get there. All right, we fade away from the uh, the estate and we, we go back to the refinery. So some time has passed because here we have a wipe transition uh, to the refinery with Admiral Rampart giving Chim and Eleni a tour. We learn from the Admiral that the refinery is part of a dunium mining operation. And the resources gained will be used to help rebuild the parts of the galaxy that have been affected by the war. So (laughs) I have to laugh at this for a minute because I'm going to leave that image up there because I just just let that sink in for a second. Rampart saying,
0: but the Dunium mind here will rebuild parts of the galaxy affected by the war.
1: Well, for anybody who's not familiar with Dunium in Star Wars, it was kind of mentioned for the first time, I think, back in Star Wars uh, Rogue One Catalyst the 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 novel, the precursor novel to Rogue One? Sure. Dunium the largest <laughs> the largest stockpile of Dunium in the galaxy was used to build the Death Star. <laughs> that's correct. That's we're correct. gonna use it to rebuild. Oh boy. <laughs> no irony in that at all, is there?
0: <laughs> yeah that's correct. They're about uh, to strip mine the planet and enslave the people. We that's know right, yeah. you know they were we know that Deep into the empire's reign, this is a, a you know female sex slaves and and that's uh, right yeah male worker slave class and that they just strip mine the planet and they basically do what they do to lethal
1: yeah basically. yeah so spotting a uh, turbo laser battery uh, a pair of turbo laser batteries above the facility, Eleni questions Rampart about the nature of the facility, stating that she was told the refiner wasn't going to be a military installation but the presence of troops and the defense of armaments now suggest otherwise. Rampart answers her by saying that under the Republic's jurisdiction, the planet was vulnerable, but that's no longer the case, and the Empire is dedicated to protecting the interests of Ryloth. Sure, they are. Like you just said, as they're Yeah, totally. We're about to uh, metaphorically and literally rape your planet, but you know what, we'll just do it under the, the guise of... Friendship. So just then, a, a member of the first Imperial elite squad approaches Rampart and shoves a data pad in his face. Glancing at the display, Rampart excuses himself to address something that has just come up, and he beckons that the Syndulas show themselves out. Before they leave, they're left to themselves, where Cham and Eleni uh, quietly argue amongst themselves about the perception of Imperial interests. Cham tells his wife that he hears her... Oh. Her brother's voice. That's me saying that. That's not them. Cham tells his wife that he hears Gobi's voice in her thoughts and tells her not to lose sight of what they're trying to achieve. But Delaney questions how can they trust the Imperials when things are being kept from them. Cham pleads with his wife saying that they have to try. But Delaney questions what if the Empire's version of peace is not one that we can accept? What then? Right, so this again, the dynamic between uh, Cham and Elaney versus Gobi and Elaney and Gobi and Cham uh, comes up once again. And just just to clarify the brother thing, that's me. That's my notes. That's that's not yeah. that's not something that was actually spoken it's, during it's the quite, show. It's quite possible. It's but just again, not, it's not laid out. No, exactly. From there, we bounce over here to a, an undisclosed hangar where we see. Dun, 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 at an undisclosed yeah at an undisclosed
0: hangar gobi and one of his fighters are about to board a starship it's a nice looking ship it it kind of reminds me of the the slave one like the the, the front of it the fact it that a, it's a a, long and and the orientation of the ship is kind of right. weird and it has, it has razor quest qualities to it like the like the silver tones and then the the, the thrusters on the sort of rear and the bottom uh, yeah, it's a rainhawk yeah. class transport it's a cruiser it's more commonly called a pantoran cruiser oh it's, we've been to pantoran uh, yeah it's a luxury uh, we've seen it a, a couple times in uh in the clone wars just you know in the background i think the pantoran senator has a it's his personal not this ship uh, but uh he has one it has his personal oh, uh it's like a luxury cruiser it's uh right it's more defense than combat. It doesn't have a lot of weapon systems. It's got some minor shields and things, but yeah, it's a it's a neat insert. And again, it's probably we're reusing animation assets. Probably they didn't build them after the Clone Wars, so this is also you know it's pre Empire.
1: I was thinking if you cut that bottom piece off in and you just sort of focus on the the round dish portion, it, it reminds, has ghost like qualities. It reminds me of one of the droid ships. Uh, oh, okay, that okay. we saw on Kashyyyk yeah yeah, actually yeah now that you say that yeah 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 still it's a cool design and again we love starships here so i mean it's you know oh man this episode of fandom power is brought to you in part by collectorsplatoon.ca collectorsplatoon.ca organizers of the annual toronto collectorsplatoon toy show check out collectorsplatoon.ca the canadian home of ian's display accessories specializing in action figure stands for figures of all scales Visit collectorsplatoon.ca today. So, Hera and Chopper arrive by speeder. Gobi tells them that they're late, and Hera says to her uncle that she can't go with him. Gobi tries to assuage her fears, telling her that her father told her no more spying. But this is a straight-up supply run. With some reluctance in her voice, Hera resists by saying that she thinks, well, I should maybe just stay here. Now here's where Gobi... Is, you know, tries to be the cool uncle and completely disregards, you know, the argument that he just had with Cham about not putting my daughter in the middle of it. But he tries to be the cool uncle and says, well, I was going to let you fly the ship.
0: So he's manipulating her. Absolutely. You know, like, but what what is the benefit of having one extra, unless it's just sort of indoctrination. I just thought, you know. She doesn't suit a purpose on the run other than to be there. Yep. Unless it's just like familiarity and indoctrination. It's it serves almost, the story to get to where we're
1: going. But at the no, same time, like. He's he's a bit of a jerk. He's a, he's a, bi- he's a big asshole, actually. It's if you, crazy thing if to you came job. to me and you said, hey, Wes, you don't ever put my kid in danger ever again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I would
0: take that seriously. You know, like. Right. You'd have to. And, yeah. And we both would agree on, you know, there'd be like a, you know. It'd be other. one of those like you know Everybody what? But agree upon that. Like, I would have said
1: something like, "Yep, I stepped in it. I'm sorry, and I'll never do it again." <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? That's like right. that's just you, kind you of the don't thing do this, you do. Manipulate
0: the child into doing something worse, right? Oh, and I'm right. just
1: gonna—I'll—I'll right. I'll dangle the carrot. I'll let you drive the car. So certainly,
0: if—if if they are brother and sister, his interests are far to this side. Way, their interests way. Are in the middle, yeah. and Chams are over here. So it's—it's it's actually an, a neat dynamic, and you can see that Hera. Is the you yep. know the child of all yep. these ideologies, and of course, and it, and
1: she's hook, line, and sinker. I mean, like her entire shtick is I want to fly. So yes. just at the at the mere mention of the word fly, I mean, look at this. She lights up. Like yes. what? At the word fly, Hera beca- beams with excitement, and she tells Chopper to cover for her, and she runs up the boarding ramp, But all at right. the
2: same time does Gobi have his ulterior motive? Would that not be maybe get her more training? Cause if Cham wants her out of it, but Gobi knows something's coming, you got to prepare the kid.
0: I, that's guess? a little bit what I meant by indoctrination. Sure. sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, into the, into the rebel cause or the, the fighting way. Like this is something that, Maybe inevitably, Chams trying to protect her from. But even even her mother knows you can't. If if this is going to keep going, there's no way to protect her.
1: It's kind of contrasted here, where uh, we talked about this with the Boba Fett thing in in the the Republic prison, and we talked about the idea of child soldiers. And maybe it's wrong for me to impose, you know, 20th century morality on a on a piece of science fiction. But I think we all agree that you know indoctrinating child soldiers is just wrong. And ostensibly, that's kind of what he's doing he's making you know he wants to groom her as a as a child soldier if it was something as as innocent as your cool uncle is gonna gonna drive the car around the block and let you steer it then that's what he would have done he wouldn't have taken her on a supply run to get weapons oh
0: did i say No, I mean, it's not like <laughs> it's even more it's like a mysterious supply run isn't it though exactly yeah 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 doing. right he knows what it's he's not doing not even all that safe they're just flying to one of the moons like it's yeah they don't not, go know. very far the opportunity to be tracked and caught is like sure, such a sure, high sure. risk mission. And also I know it's all plot armor, but it doesn't make sense that you've just given every single weapon on the planet away yep. and that you're going to start to rebuild two crates at a time. <laughs> yeah, you know what it's, I mean? But that's, you are, you are you're arming yourself now because all you've got now is like, that's why I say it's the beginning of the rebellion because absolutely, yeah. you, you're not an army now. You're a, a small group of insurgents. Well, you're Saw and- Guerrera trying like, to assassinate, you know, it's somebody right. to make a big impact.
1: It's right back to where they were before with the the whole right. Free Ryloth movement and the Freedom Fighters. Right.
0: And it's, it's natural for them to just fall back
1: into that. Of course it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. But still, I mean, again, like just to close it off, like you're really left to wonder like what the hell are you doing by taking her with you? Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. As the ship departs, Crosshair, who has been hiding in the hangar the whole time, Uses his rifle to plant a tracking device on the ship's hull, and then reports in that Glee's ship has been tagged, and that he's not alone. Cool little uh, tracking device there. It's the same kind of device that Obi Wan pitched onto the side of uh, Slave One back in Attack of the Clones.
0: True, and it's, uh, saw use in the Clone Wars. It was launched from a ship, and it stuck on some other yeah. ship there yeah, that's tracking. Right. I love the visuals. I just have to say, in terms of,
1: of all the episodes to date, visually speaking, all the set pieces, this is by far the most, to me, is the most beautiful episode. I love the vistas, the desert, the steps, and the plateaus, and when they go to the moon, the color palette, I mean, it just looks like, some yeah. of the like crazy awesome sci-fi paintings you've seen and like right like those a like, oh
0: my god they're so beautiful and, and, yeah and i they've done it again and it's i mean we've been it's a little bit separate from the other shows because of distance and time and if you watch them linearly you see that but it, again it's another quantum leap in the yeah. level of animation the lighting techniques the the style the the smoothness of everything
1: i thought everything it's, about this episode just looked I know it's we're watching the same show week in and week out, but there was something about the again the quality of this episode where, like you say, the smoothness of it. I thought all of the the facial movements where where the dialogue was concerned was mm-hmm. really really good. Yeah, the
0: the lighting was awesome. But again, like I'm just a sucker they're, for cool space scenes, right? They're gonna refine their process as they go, and and one of the 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 best things about this style is you you can. Rather than the, the old style editing where you're in a room you're literally chopping cells and, yeah, and yeah, yeah things together and hoping they look good when you watch it over and over and over again, you gotta chop out this. Oh, I gotta add that back in. Yeah. You can do these things to this in real time that don't take, you know, hundreds of hours in a in a hot room, uh right, with right, a projector right. in your face. And I think that they can they can really as the tech grows, you can add it in real time to like, so that this episode is so much better than the last episode, just because yep. we came yep. up with this new software for lighting. Sure. Sure. And implemented yep. in real time. So that yep. no longer is there are the leaps in bounds in the quality season to season. They're like, they can be episode to episode. And I think you're actually seeing yeah uh, like a, a new peak for them in this episode. I right. Agree. All right.
1: So the trio makes their way to one of the nearby moons of Ryloth, Hera is elated to be flying a starship, but has to give up her seat as she's not experienced enough to make the landing. After setting down, the Twi'leks debark their ship, and Hera questions her uncle about the supplies that they're supposed to pick up. And she's confused when he tells her it's weapons, because they just turned over all their weapons to the Empire. But Gobi replies, not for
2: long. This part kind of took me out, though. Which part? Because we've been to moons before. Yes. And we need, like, the little breathing apparatus, but this moon oh, it's, is different it's got for an atmosphere
1: yeah this is that's part of it i love that i don't know is it just maybe it's nighttime where they landed
0: maybe there seems I mean, to be sort of a borealis on the atmosphere it's like a like there's an atmosphere it's yeah, almost like yeah, like a yeah. like, uh, gasoline tint this to, is the thing that be, i love about space
1: opera and uh, opposed <laughs> yeah. to the you know hard science fiction is we can make a world look like it it has no atmosphere so that we can actually see space but it's completely breathable. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Uh, Laws laws of physics? Nah. It's cartoon. Leave it be. (laughs) In a franchise with space wizards, it's okay. (laughs) Uh, Standing at the rendezvous, the Twi'lek Sea, another ship coming in. Hey, it's the Havoc Marauder and the Bad Batch who have come to deliver a cache of weapons.
0: And I almost forgot I was watching the Bad Batch. I did too. The like uh, Rampart was in it, Crosshair was in it, but it was so seamless Yep. that I, it didn't even take me out that I was hair. I was just like, oh, you know, as as part of a huge narrative, I didn't pull me out or put me in anywhere. I was seamless. I didn't realize I wasn't watching The Bad Batch or that I even was until I saw them. Maybe even that was just like, it didn't rip me out. I was just like, oh, okay, this, you know... I it, it all happened very quickly in my head, but it was like, Oh, this is an inverted narrative. This is cool. But (laughs) there's no point at which I was like, Oh, come on. Oh, come on. And I, I'm getting a lot of people on the internet were like, Oh, come on, where's the bad batch. And that's kind of, I don't think they understand the plan.
1: I don't think so either. I I think there's going to come a point where, you know, the, the connective tissue is going to be so thick that, and I, and I've sent it out to many people who are just coming to star Wars now to the animated shows and, and are looking for advice. And I've, I've suggested to new viewers and I'm I'm going to suggest it again that if you're if you're just watching for the first time, go to starwars.com, get the chronological episode order and watch it that way. Yeah. Wait till this show wraps up, you know, however many seasons we get and we have a much more cohesive narrative between all three shows. There's going to be a crazy rewatch to watch it all in chronological order. From the beginning oh, of Clone
0: Wars to the end of Rebels. <laughs> uh, just, and then, I, I mean, now I've inserted those into my, my cinematic rewatches. Yes. So it's like, if I ever sit down and decide to start at Phantom Menace, it gets out of hand because I'll, I'll, I will literally watch every episode of Clone yeah. Wars between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, it's epic. It could be we could be. Uh, oh my god! I haven't done a total on that, but I mean, at at roughly twenty minutes an episode over several
0: seasons, we're going to be days doing that one. Oh man! Just even to to attempt to do the entire history of things that are canon, yeah, would be a Herculean effort. Oh yeah, yeah. To, to hit all the marks would be crazy.
1: After confirming their identity, Hunter tells them that they've been sent by Sid while Tech reports that they have three dozen blasters and a case of thermal detonators. While Gobi and the Batch inspect the weapons, Hera walks up to the Marauder asking Omega, uh, who's been sitting in the doorway, what class of ship is this? Omega tells her that it's a modified Omicron-class attack shuttle, and Hera is completely fascinated. She asks if she can come aboard, and after checking with Hunter,
0: Omega lets her up the ramp. So just before you quit, if there's one thing that's weird about this scene, it's that Gobi isn't distrustful of the fact that clones are selling him weapons, even though they're the occupying force. Well, but, I actually thought right? I thought there like, would be more of a, a reaction. Strange? You know what, though? Again, yes and no.
1: I mean, we've already decided that the, the show could, when I say only go in one direction, I mean the sense that with the war over and the clones on the run, the only place left to go is the underworld. So now right. we're working we're we're thick in the thick of
0: it now,
2: into the thick of it into the thick of it,
0: does he see clones or does he just see agents for Sid? maybe, but then you hear the voice, and that was the thing for me, and the, yeah, it, yeah, I yeah, mean, the uniforms are so similar, but I guess armor is armor right we we right. might have to float past it. I thought it was very curious because if I'm that character, yeah i. And, I, again, I'm bringing my my intellect and, and yeah, my, yeah, my yeah. sort of pop culture knowledge to the thing. But I would think that this is a setup. If I'm fleeing clones, well, buy weapons true. to fight off those clones. That's true. And then clones are selling me those weapons. Yeah. I kind yeah, yeah. and can flee there. Especially when he says things like, I can't stand by while more arrive every day. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a little strange. So he maybe doesn't recognize them as clones, and I'll have to sit with that. Maybe. All right, in the
1: cockpit of the Havoc Marauder, Omega runs Hera through the ship's systems, pointing out the controls for each one as she goes. Hera says that you know a lot about this and asks if she flies. But Omega tells her that tech won't let her begin pilot training until she can recite all the ship's specifications from memory. Hera tells her that specs are only half of flying, and the other half comes from feeling it. Mm -hmm. When Omega questions what she means, Hera tells her that when she closes her eyes and imagines herself flying, she can feel it. She goes on to add that the instruments might help guide you, but you plot your own course. Inquisitively, Omega asks Hera if she's a pilot, and she tells her, no, but one day. I like the dynamic here. Uh, I like what's going on with these two, and I, I don't know why. Maybe it's because they're just, it's, you know, especially for Omega as a kid, who's probably never had, like, a girlfriend. Yes. You know what I mean, like, or just a friend her age, mm-hmm. right? I mean, all the other clones on Camino are are right into uh, their combat programs.
0: And, oh yeah, and, and she's theory been- theory was like, maybe these two will get their own show, and <laughs> you're not going to go off that far there, yeah, but-, but but no, the, it's certainly an interesting dynamic. It's nice for those two characters to connect and influence one another. Well, uh, it- I really like the way Hera talks about flying; like she's in tune with the Force. Yeah, there's there's an intuitive, you know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I like the idea
1: that, especially later on when it's like the whole, like, there's a a moment between the two of them where it's like, any time. And the idea that Hera could conceivably now is friends with Omega, that opens up a whole new avenue of storytelling where Hera, at least Hera, if not Hera and some of the Rebels, could
0: play a a role in keeping Omega away from the Empire. No, it's it's very true. They exchange a a line of dialogue, like, you're buying weapons, are you in some kind of trouble? Are you running, are you in some kind of trouble? And I think that's huge for the next episode, because I think you'll see Omega convince the Batch that they should go back and help her. And help, yeah. And not even understand why, but she's going to be instrumental in getting them to that point in the story. You may think you'll see probably the tragedy that's about to befall Hera next episode. Right, and I think right. be Hera's removal from that situation, and it might be the batch that is the clones that save her. Right. I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen.
2: And if you, like you were paraphrasing about that line in uh, earlier, that clones helped them during the war, maybe it is more specific that a set of sort clones. Of, yeah. and That's the impression I got
0: as I was thinking of the whole big picture. Yeah. Right.
1: Okay. So Omega proceeds to show Hera her room, and Hera can't believe that Omega is living her dream. Omega explains, well, technically it's the rear gunnery station, but when they're not being chased or shot at, it's her bedroom. And like a concerned friend, Hera asks, who's chasing you? Are you in some kind of trouble? But Omega squints back at her and says, I thought you were the
0: one in trouble. Isn't that why we're here? It's important. I think that's that's the moment that, it's going to bring us back to them together in the next Yeah, episode.
1: yeah, yeah. Having concluded the weapons inspection outside, Gobi hands Hunter a credit case and instructs him to have Sid contact him when she has more to sell. Hunter warns him that building an arsenal attracts a certain type of attention and that he better know what he's getting into. And Gobi replies, we have no choice. Mm-hmm. Gobi and uh, the other, the girl, I don't think she got a name in
0: this episode, the other fighter so it might have been in the uh, descriptive audio but i missed it
1: they pick up the cases and they begin to load the ship at the same time the two girls finish their tour of the havoc marauder and they bid each other goodbye as the batch stand there watching hunter asks omega if she made a new friend and she tells him that she's kind of strange i like her <laughs> <laughs> turning back to the havoc marauder omega asks did you know flying was about a feeling and Tech, like Tech, looking puzzled, what feeling? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect, actually. Uh, yeah. So we fly back to Ryloth, and uh, on the way, we get, a, we get a bogey. Returning to Ryloth, Gobi's ship is picked up by an Imperial LAAT gunship. Of course, it's all part of the elaborate trap that's about to be sprung. Gobi orders the ship to descend into a canyon to avoid detection. Crosshair, who has been tracking them the whole time, is already set up in a sniping position inside the canyon. And he takes out one of their engines with a well-placed uh, sniper round there.
2: Mm. Those injuries have done nothing to his uh, son. Yeah, so
1: I mean, like, he's, we and the joke was, he's well, still got to shoot and I. Yep. And he does. Oh, yeah. When the ship finally comes to rest, Crosshair orders his troops to move in, and a clone gunship lands nearby. With nowhere to go, the three Twi'leks are easily apprehended by the troops. As they stand in a clearing, we can see a turbo tank flanked by bark speeders approaching the crash site from further up the canyon. Yeah, everybody gets uh, rounded up here. Cool to see a turbo tank up close. Haven't seen that since uh, Mandalorian. That's right, Yep. Admiral Rampart and uh, Senator Freeta emerge from the turbo tank as Crosshair accuses the Twi'leks of smuggling weapons. Seeing Hera among the accused, the senator accuses Cham of being behind it all. He goes on to accuse him of plotting an uprising, and Hera cries out, That's not true! But the senator tells her angrily that her presence here is enough to implicate her father. At this point, Rampart pipes up and reminds the senator, Because of Cham's influence, the people won't see it that way. Further pointing out that Cham hasn't actually committed a
0: crime, but Hera has. He's got a little bit of thrawn in him, you know. In he does, yeah. He really does, yeah. He's highly intelligent. He realizes, you know, you can't, you know, if we just implicate Cham, you're going to start an insurrection like openly.
1: I think, you know, knowing what happens at the end of this episode, I don't think it it would have mattered. I mean, this was the plan all along. The fact that mm-hmm. Hera's there is just it's just icing on the cake for him because it just yeah. it's a more complete package. I honestly
0: think that he thought that Cham would kill.
1: I think so, too. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, at this point, we get another another beat from Hauser, who kind of, he does like a double take, and he's like, what? So, Hauser, who's been present for the whole thing, protests saying that she's just a child, but the senator calls her an insurgent and demands that the trio be taken away. Now, the regular clones hesitate for a moment, but they do carry out their orders. Right. Crosshair then informs Rampart that he's been tracking three of Gobi's fighters on the Western Ridge, and he asks if he should deal with them. Having something else in mind, Rampart says, No, let them report in, adding, Just make sure you get into position. Right. So, I mean, shit's about to get real. From the Western Ridge, a trio of fighters watches the scene in the canyon below unfold through their binoculars. When the three Three suspects are taken into custody. They decide that they have to report to General Syndulla. We get to see uh, uh, Blurgs again.
0: Yeah, Blurgs yeah. have made a comeback.
1: Awesome. Uh, nice to see, talk about that evolution. There was a, like leaps and bounds when they translated into live action. And now we've come full circle. And some of those like additional textures have made their way back into the animation. They look yeah. much more yeah. <laughs> sweet. Yeah, it is sweet. They look really good in this episode. Oh. They do. They do. When the fighters report in, we learn that Gobi and Hera have been accused and found guilty of treason without even so much as a trial. So Cham decides that they have to intercept the convoy. So I'm just full disclosure here. This whole sequence from now until the end of the show, it's so fast and it's so dark. The cuts are so like it's two seconds here, two seconds there. I had a real hard time translating that beat sure. for beat. So it's a little, it may be a little sparse in places here, but all right, it's chopper
2: ahead. that pops in and tells them there's no trial.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: They don't get that from the hologram. They get that from chopper.
1: No, they do. Cause he, he comes in all like, wah, 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 wah. right. Mounted on blurgs and moving quickly, cham Eleni and the other fighters shake out in a loose formation in an attempt to set up an ambush using a spear. Cham knocks one of the clones from his speeder, commandeering it in the process. Dodging blaster fire from another escort, he uses the spear to take out a second speeder before joining the convoy. Meanwhile, inside the turbo tank, a report comes in that the convoy is under attack, and Senator Freeta assumes it's Cham and orders the remaining clones to attack. Meanwhile, one of the Twi'lek fighters, this one actually has a name, Lank. Lenk manages to board the turbo tank, subduing the clone pilot. Eventually, the remaining escorts are taken out, and Lenk jams the turbo tank's comms, preventing the Admiral and anyone else from calling for reinforcements. With the power cut, the turbo tank slows to a halt. Inside, Senator Freeta orders Captain Hauser to hold them off until reinforcements arrive, but Admiral Rampart steps up, saying it's too late for that, and orders him to signal their surrender. When Senator Frita asks, what are you doing? Rampart replies, keeping us alive. When the door opens, Cham and Eleni rush in, blasters at the ready. Hera rushes to her mother's arms. After everyone is taken outside, Hera asks Eleni, what is her father going to do? And she tells her, let us worry about that. Just then, Chopper pulls up in a landspeeder, and Hera is ushered aboard. As Cham approaches the group of Imperials... Senator Frita says, how dare you attack our convoy, calling Cham and the Freedom Fighters traitors. But Cham bites back, saying, you threatened my daughter, and you accused her of treason. For years, I watched you place your greed and self-interest above Ryloth. You're the one guilty of treason. And like you say, like I <laughs> I thought he was going to pull the trigger when, uh, right. I mean, blastered to the chest.
0: Right on the <clears throat> edge. That's true. Elena puts the hand on the gun, but it isn't actually that that t- like like that, checks him. But he looks back and sees Hera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Who's that's like the staring? You shouldn't really execute this. Well, person that's in front the of of whole trial, right?
1: Yeah. With I think it, that's the only reason, actually, because Hera was watching. Yeah. I think so too. With a blaster now pointed squarely at his chest, Senator Frita looks at Admiral Rampart, beckoning him to do something, but Rampart coolly replies, "He's the one holding the blaster." At this point, Captain Hauser tells Cham, Stop and think about what you're doing. Stepping forward, Eleni puts her hand on Cham's gun, telling him that Taz, time will come, but not this way. Hera watches from the speeder as her father lowers the blaster. But it doesn't really matter, and I say that because at this point, the the trap, or the ruse, as it were, is essentially sprung because... As the situation de-escalates, Admiral Rampart thanks the Senator for playing his part before nodding to Crosshair, who's been concealed in a sniping position the whole time. A single shot rings out, striking the Senator on the left side of his head, and he falls to the ground, the trap having been sprung. At the same time, Imperial reinforcements in the form of a pair of clone gunships have arrived, and they quickly overwhelm Cham and Eleni. But before they can secure the area, Eleni shouts at Chopper to get Hera out of here, and the droid speeds off. As Rampart disarms Champs and Dula, he orders the clones to arrest him for the attempted assassination of Hornfree Top. All right, so I'm going to put that back up for a second. (laughs) Let's talk about attempted assassination here for a second. That looks pretty definitive. That's
0: looking pretty definitive to me, too. You can't pause this, but when you you watch the shot come in, it comes in from the side and not from like a grazing angle. No, no. Like it's like, oh, right to the temple. Sort of mysterious. Other deaths of Orn Freeta here. Okay. Um, yeah, let's I found a, I, I haven't corroborated this one, but I found one in the Clone Wars. I sent you the screen cap from the Wikipedia page. Yeah. Where, as an ally of Padme Abadala, during an early Ryloth sort of insurrection, yep. he dies in an explosion on a transport. Then we see him after that. Right. <laughs> we yeah, see him, yeah. I think we see him in Revenge of the Sith if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, yeah, And then he pops up again as sort of a, a major antagonist in the Lords of the Sith novel, 2015 novel, yep. which is considered canon. That's right, uh, yeah. And it's it's a bridge novel between, you know, Clone Wars. It's, it's sort of doing the same job that this is doing. Yep. It falls between Rebels and Clone Wars, somewhere 20 BBY uh, in that range. And Cham Syndulla is the major protagonist of the novel, even though it's... From the perspective of Vader and Palpatine, right. Um, and in that, he's arrested. Vader tries to force choke him, and the Emperor says, "No, I got plans for him. Don't kill him yet." And they put him in in a jail cell on the ship, the on the persecutor's It's yeah, uh, Palpatine's star destroyer at the time. Okay. And um, and then Cham Syndulla's rebel fighters come in, and they, they and there's a space battle, and they destroy the the ship, and Vader and the Emperor escape in a shuttle and crash on the planet and right, then there's right. a whole other thing but he's presumed dead in that exp- where, when the star destroyer is destroyed he was in a jail cell in there and that's that's where they leave him and now i know we're 10 years or 15 years before that now he's popped up just got shot in the head but in, in terms of there's a hand wiggle on the cart when he comes when they're taking him out yeah 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 he has a hand wiggle and if if this had been a live action show i would have went oh the actor just screwed that up right but it's not but it's there animation are no accidents in animation yeah 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 that's not the twitch of someone's that's a, that's a 5 hours making a hand do that yeah, yeah 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 and the fact that rampart says you are under arrest for the attempted assassination of the senator yep is an, is another telling thing to me that i don't think we maybe haven't seen the something last something else is uh before, you know free to Here's the other thing
1: too, like maybe it's a, we could go one of two ways. You've got gravity and the hand slips off and that accounts for the movement. He's really, he really is. Let's, let's propose for a second that he really is dead. Sure. If you tell the people that he's wounded, mortally wounded and in hospital, the people have no way of knowing. And that, you know, Rampart has just nicely set himself up as a regent of the entire planet yeah. And right. you could have him die anywhere on the time. That's right. A, yeah. Most impact. He died in hospital. Oh, that's so sad, Certainly. but Certainly. you know, he could, he could actually be dead at this point. I don't know. I tend to
0: agree with you that there's maybe a longer, there's a longer In player. the novel, he's painted as a more like he's, he's one of Palpatine's sort of one of the inner circle, not inner circle, but like on the periphery of that. Oh yeah. Like sure. He, he is deep in the cut. Like he was, when he was Shiv Palpatine and just appointed uh, uh, the the chancellor, sorry, Supreme Chancellor, he was one of the cabinet. He was one, you know, and there's other things that are subtle about it. Like he, during the Clone Wars, before the Padme convinced them to jump sides, they were with Satine in the, in the neutral systems. Right. right. was a neutral planet in the breakout of the war. Yeah. They stayed that way quite a while until they were convinced otherwise. I don't think you've seen the last of that character. I think it's a maybe a ruse. I'm curious to know what
1: the uh, what is the end game for this one? You know, like yeah, is of course there's not big enough game.
0: character for to, you know to generate this much buzz. But then neither was uh, Moochie the Rancor, so. right? And I mean, here's <laughs> a guy. You know, he's visually he's made it
1: from the Phantom Menace all the way through the War. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. in terms of longevity, he's he's got some. Even if it's been, you know, sporadic. That's right. Okay. So, once again, Hauser removes his helmet and steps up beside Admiral Rampart. The Admiral says that uh, the Sindula girl won't get very far. He then hands over the blaster that he just took from Jam and he orders their forces to find her. He just kind of stands there, kind of
0: staring kind of blankly like he just doesn't know what to do. And they fly off and leave him alone in the dark. It's a yeah. weird thing to do with the yeah. commanding officer in the situation, right? That's so
1: totally true. So, as the episode winds down, we get a final shot with Hera as she actually sees the three gunships uh, fly off with her parents, and uh, she's just kind of, her and Chopper, on the run in that speeder, and uh, the episode uh, it doesn't really fade to black as much as it cuts this week. It just, and then it's right. over, yeah. Boom. Slam shut. Yeah. So, uh, wow. Lots of exposition in this episode, and lots of, like... Amazing. New, you know, uh, new directions that we could be going in, and now like it's such a deviation from the th- the path I thought we were on. I now start to question like, we have a limited number of episodes to get Five through. Five left, yeah, to get all of this kind of wrapped up. What what plot threads are are going to be left dangling for a future season? Like, is this? I firmly feel like what happened this week we will see the resolution of that. We will see the death of Eleni at some point. Yeah. Yeah. But are we ever, are we going to get to Boba Fett this season or not?
0: <laughs> I mean, that's, Damn you. that is a carrot that would carry you through. Uh, I mean, if he, if he's the last thing you see it, uh, as a cliffhanger of the season finale, yeah, yeah. that'd be super satisfying. Right. Right. Um, and it would carry us through. And pr- plus have people just mouths watering for the second season. Whereas just a, an innocuous happy ending to this season and hope for the best next season yeah yeah Might yeah not be the case so glad to return to this again they are they are so good at giving you the things that you didn't know you needed uh, yeah I because i got a being a big fan i didn't know that i needed a uh, teenage hera and i did I no really did. yeah I, yeah i needed i needed a chopper real bad i'm a, going back yeah, in fantastic. the in the in the
1: memory banks and just kind of re- remembering what do I remember of the, uh, the Ryloth arc in Clone Wars. And I don't remember it being, Yeah, it was just okay. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't
0: one of the arcs that made me go, oh, I love this. Right, and one of but the best things is it's it recontextualizes like, all well, that. There stuff. You it go is. Back and watch it again and go, wow! How important was that to the actual narrative of the war? Now I feel like Crazy. I need to
1: go back and watch that. You know, like yeah, it's just like totally. what the hell did I miss? <laughs> yeah, like you did with the Bounty Hunter episode. Absolutely, last week. yeah, it, yeah, it yeah.
0: Just recontextualizes everything. It keeps it, you know, puts a new veil over it, makes it fresh. It's so nice. Yeah,
1: wow. If anything, that the, the uh, man, just the the cohesiveness, the tying together. Like, I really feel as much as I criticized the Star Wars story group for the, the sequel trilogy, I have to think that the story group is actually doing their job because it, they're, they're pulling it together so neatly. It's very tight stuff. You it's, know, it's super tight. I'm not reading any of the comic books and I, I kind of rely on you for that, that insight. But I don't feel like by not reading them, I don't feel like I'm missing
0: anything. Do you know no, what I mean? That, like that stuff definitely adds to the world, yeah, and because of where yeah, yeah. they are in the timeline, and they're staying pretty linear. Yeah, um, we're we're years in the the future from the the visual narratives we have now, right? Uh, and years in the past from the live action narratives that we're getting. Right. So it right. sits it sits there in the middle, and it lets it's just like putting a magnifying glass on on the events between. You know, we know that. Han ends up in Jabba's palace in in Jabba's property, and that Boba gets paid for that job. We just never knew how complicated it was to get from point A to point B. To get there, and it's like it's like two years worth of comics. Yeah, that's how complicated it is, and and really satisfying story stuff. It's you know, it is. uh, It's hard. I would think it was hard. It would be hard to make things compelling and make the stakes high enough if you know the end game is everybody lives. You know, what are the stakes for? You know, this is the part of the thing with Bond. Uh, one thing that can get boring with Bond films, and for the most part, I like them all. But you never, ever think that Bond's going to die in any given situation. No, I it's mean it's just uh, not a, it's not a thing, right? So there are no, the stakes can never be high enough that no. Bond might die. But yeah, gonna, you know, if he's hugging a nuclear bomb with one second left, something's going to happen, and he's James gonna, Bond does to die. And that's yeah, one of the yeah, things yeah. that lowers the stakes. I think uh, that's so, com- like having compelling storytelling where you know that that's right, the case. Right. Is very interesting to me. And this this hits it. This is great stuff. Yeah, this is by far some of the best Star Wars storytelling that uh
1: I can recall, you know, uh ever. <laughs> I if I can be so bold, ever. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Short of my own role playing games where I wrote the narrative, but
0: <laughs> it feels like these guys have played it these games or, or at least are in that mindset. Yeah. In that mindset. Like what what does Hera do here? I'm gonna roll some dice. Like I've you know, right. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Honestly, it, uh, it. But this
1: is it. This is what happens when now we are at the age where the people who are making Star Wars are our contemporaries. They're not these. Holy. They're not these old guys that went to film school. Well, maybe they did go to film school, but they're not sure, these. Sure. They're not these old guys that seem so like otherworldly. They're just dudes who love
0: Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> they're mean? fans, and that's yes. a whole different way to yeah, approach a, yeah. a project fan
1: of you know yeah absolutely well you know like we've said it a million times before and it's it's always worth reminding people that yeah this is this is the face of star wars these are the people who are making it and uh you know not everything can be a win but you know at least where animation is concerned this is a win this is a big win yeah they do they do
0: yeah
1: all right that's your episode that's uh that is our uh, fan batch. It's our episode 10. It's uh, Bad Batch episode 11. It was uh, the devil's deal. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's the thing, right? You know, the devil you know versus the devil you don't. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know, on one sense, the devil's deal probably points to the whatever the machinations between Frita and Rampart that we don't know the end game to yet. Hopefully we'll yeah. see the... We'll see. There could the, be some uh, more treachery
0: the, from Gobi yeah. here too, in terms of the title. There could be yeah, some more yeah, treachery yeah. from Gobi here too. He might be in on the whole thing. You know
1: what? That's uh, I never even thought about that, but now that you this say that... this would be the only only viable reason to bring Hera on the missions to make yeah to, to set make. to set Cham up and and put the bow right. on it. Really, wow. Who knows, guys? I don't know, but I'm looking forward to finding out. And uh, you know, we will at some point. Oh yeah. <laughs> And as always, we'll be here to uh, dive down and and uh, hit on all of the little nuances that we like to do week in and week out. Star Wars news. Any more Star Wars news for the week? I got one. We mm. got a, we got a okay. first look at Star Wars oh, Visions yeah. this week. Oh, yeah. And uh, for those of you who are not aware of Star Wars Visions, Star Wars Visions is uh, an anthology series in the same vein as the Animatrix, which basically means... Several prominent Japanese studios have been approached to animate to tell a Star Wars story in their style. Everybody see the fan film, the Tie Fighter fan film. Yes. So yes. I mean, finally, I, I I like anime. I always have. Ro- hey, Robotech fans, right? So uh, the fact that uh, this is getting made, it's you can't tell me that Japanese style of storytelling doesn't lend itself to Star Wars, considering how much of a uh, influence The Seven Samurai and some of the other Kurosawa uh, films have been on Star Wars
0: from the get go. So they, a few years back, they did a Star Wars manga. uh, Yeah. 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 There was an English translation. It was beautiful. It was so beautiful to see that energy and that style of storytelling. Was
1: it black and white? It was black. It was black and white. And and, uh,
0: right to left too. Yeah. 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 That I have a hard time wrapping my head around. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for me guys. Any more for any more?
0: Just that the, uh, the the black series figure that got leaked well I guess there was a few but um, the uh, the uh, Carson Taba uh, I mean that makes me super 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 happy in the fact that I I can't get to a, a pulse con to save my life I, I hope it pops up somewhere I hope that it r- appears in a regular package well, I the, hope it's a gateway to to uh, the King's convenience uh,
1: <laughs> I hope the yeah. armorer the armorer
0: had came two up. releases yeah like that. It had a, had a regular release. And a deluxe release, area. which the, the deluxe release made it to some Toys R Us in Canada. I didn't get it a did, coffee, yeah, but yeah. I, I heard that it did, yeah. So just uh-huh. a
1: second here. I got a, I've got a, um, I've got a shot for us. We can all, Beautiful. we can all share it's this together. So sexy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Here's a shot of uh, Trapper Wolf. Fantastic. Trapper Wolf. There he is. It's uh, it's uh, Dave Filoni as uh Trapper Wolf, which to me looks like a straight up reuse of the X Wing Luke Skywalker body. Oh, that's um, fine with me. That's absolutely fine. It's with fine me. with me as well. I made yeah. a joke <laughs> yesterday, Hank, talking about uh, it took decades for George Lucas to get an action figure and Filoni is yes. what, thirteen years in? Boom.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I, I you know, I I'm going to if I get this character, I'm going to have to buy a uh like a, a six inch scale movie camera and have him just behind the camera filming the rest of the action. Oh my gosh, like yeah. <laughs> oh man, like, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So then the other thing I said was if we're getting a, uh,
1: if we're getting a trapper wolf, that does put us like one step away from a, a an official
0: Carson Teva. <laughs> Come right. on, yeah. Mr. Kim. <laughs> that's right. I can't oh, really. wait. I mean, i would be super happy there. I hope that because I mean, and, and this was our speculation that he was going to be an integral part of the uh, Rangers of the new Republic. But I, I hope that gets resolved. I, I really want to see both those characters. I do too. Uh, I, I, would, I hope I they mean, are... I would love to see a show just based on them. I, it doesn't matter what you do with the, Man, uh, with the they... Dune character to me. I, you know, um... here's, here's the
1: thing that the way that those characters are already written, like, even if you go all the way back and it's not that far, go back to season one of the Mandalorian, where we see Trapper for the far, first time and he's kind of deadpan, right? It's yeah. like, Oh, look, they've got an interceptor yep they're powering up, yeah and then you fast forward to season two, and he's got a partner, and it's like there's a buddy cop comedy in there,
0: yeah no i I get yeah I agree, I don't uh, hopefully filoni has got the chops, but um i i w- I would dig it, I'd be happy,
1: you know, in the vein of chips, we could just call it Rebs. Or something, you know, like <laughs> yeah, <I'd, laughs> just the know. two of them as a as a buddy cop thing, you know. Right right Paunch and John, well, you know, Favreau's <laughs> got the chops brilliant. for it, so of
2: course, yeah. Put him at the helm of that one,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I think he would be great. I don't know if does Filoni have acting aspirations. I mean, or is he
0: just doing he like uh way? he's the voice of Chopper or something? He like is that? the voice of Chopper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, just the same that
1: way uh, that uh, cool,
0: J J was the voice of Dio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. A little more recognizable. Yeah.
1: Well, anyway, that's it for me this week, guys. Uh hope you Bye. enjoyed the show. And uh stick with us because there's uh still a few more to go. And a few more things coming up. We are presently working on the prop culture episode. And I say that I've been talking about it for a while, but it's actually in development now. We actually have all of our imagery put aside. We have a we have a first draft I don't want to call it a script, but we have a first draft uh <laughs> notes. <laughs> Have a first draft notes. Uh, I'm taking a a second pass at them right now to put some a little more, a little more flair on it, some pizzazz. Yeah, a little pizzazz, and then uh, that should be sometime soon. I would say. I don't know. I'm not going
0: to say because as soon as you say it, something will happen. Anyway, it's coming soon. I never do this, but vilegroove.bandcamp.com. We have physical EPs for sale, guys. If you're into rap music and you're into Star Wars weirdness, I do a little both.
1: Funny you should say that because <laughs> on our sister show, hanging at the barbershop, we just cut an episode the other night and we outroed with your music. As oh, we, wow. We shouted you out. So <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> we shouted awesome. you out. We put you, I put up, actually, you know, I'll do it right here, right now. The same thing. Let's, let's take us out with a little shot. Of... Let me just bring this up for everybody. I'm going to sign off right now. I'm going to say, uh, you know, thanks for watching guys. Join us next week. And, uh, you know what? Check out uh, Hank's uh, musical work here on uh, Bandcamp. It's a uh, vile groove. It's some awesome, uh, kind of got an old school vibe, hip hop beats. Some good and, stuff, uh, man. We love it. It's so, fun. so, so check thanks so much, us. guys. All right, guys, take us out, Hank.
0: Have you ever got yourself in a
2: position or in a place? That when you thought that you had arrived, just to get back where
0: you started and find out that everything is gone. Hey, hey, hey. And I'm hey, 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 Calling hey. Call all cars, calling all cars. Check, no red on neck, no death stars left. Cloud nine, found my ride moldy. Back bent over like a lawn chair folding. cats mom scolding. Guts on fire, eyes wide at the sky while the pyre grows higher. Scenes unwind from his old plane. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. Fandom Power is a Sawcast production.
1: Sawcast Productions can distribute it too. Contact us online today. So, what do you want to say?